It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley right here in Colorado Springs. And I'm so excited to have you tuning in again today. This is our roundtable format, and we have a very special guest with us. But here on Engage in Truth, as you know, we're going to talk about the tough subjects. And there is a major initiative underway that began on July 8th to recall Governor Jared Polis. And this effort's requiring the signatures of 631,000 people that has to be gathered. These are voters by September 8th. And Tom Good, who's with the Resist Polis PAC, and he's the director there, he stated that this is the largest multi-partisan movement to ever hit Colorado politics. So to help us understand all of the variables of this, we have a very special guest here with us, Karen Cataline, and she is the media spokesperson for Dismiss Polis the initiative there. So Karen, welcome to Engage in Truth. So excited that you Mm -hmm. made the time for us just to shed some light on this particular subject of what's going on here in Colorado. Uh, Let me just start off with this question to you. You Why is this initiative underway? What's really fueled this massive undertaking of thousands of people to get our newly elected governor removed from office? Well, the um, last year's legislative session and subsequent uh, laws that Governor Polis signed into law were uh, uh, just was amazing the the energy and the furor in the state of Colorado. Uh, <clears throat> there were so many things. The governor signed over 400 laws uh, into law, shall we say? And and yes, right now there is a monopoly of Democrats power uh, under the Gold Dome. And that monopoly is pretty much controlled by Denver and Boulder. Now, people ask me all the time, you know, elections have consequences. You guys lost. And you, you guys lost big in 2018. There's no doubt about that, that it was a big, big loss for conservatives. But here's what happened. Just because a person wins, and uh, of course, your polls had very long coattails because he just has a lot of money. And a lot of people got swept into the office because of the amount, the sheer number of dollars that Jared Polis spent on this campaign, which is his right. Uh, the problem is that elections that have consequences do not entitle the victor to impose unconstitutional laws, either unconst- unconstitutional by Colorado standards or by the United States Constitution and our Bill of Rights. It Mm. does not allow them to impose those laws upon us. And, you know, I, being a talk show host, among other things, there's a lot of people who say, you know, get off your couch and and get involved. My experience has been that people are absolutely up in arms about what happened, and I know that we'll talk about some of, just some of the kinds of things that, Governor Polis signed into law mm-hmm. uh, as a result of this last session. Things like uh, <clears throat> the national popular vote, which mm-hmm. is now going to be on the ballot, an initiative. I found that utterly outrageous, and I, we're going to get to that. But the point is that that uh, people are up in arms when I said, "Don't get off," you know, people get off their couch. Well, 
people are already off their couch. And what Dismiss Polis was designed to do was simply put the bill for the cost of the petitions, which is no small task, because uh, we need to get like 900,000 signatures in order to get the 631 and change uh, <clears throat> approved wow. signatures by the Secretary of State's office. Uh, wow. And what they did was put the bill for that cost to, to give Coloradans a voice. Hmm. Uh, there were people that took days off from work just to go down to the Capitol knowing full well that there were not the votes to stop these laws, and yet people did it anyway because they wanted to be heard. Hmm. So that's why we think it's so important, because uh, people under the Gold Dome, the Denver-Boulder corridor, are voting, uh, are, are imposing laws on us against the will of the people. Hmm. So that's what's going on, and it is a huge endeavor, but as you well know, just because David endeavored Goliath doesn't mean that he shouldn't, uh, that he doesn't have a chance to win. And we're David in this scenario. All right. That's <laughs> certainly what it feels like. Uh, I mean, it's a massive undertaking. And, you know, you address just, uh, you hit on one or two of those points. And let's just talk about some of those, because some people may just be wondering, maybe this is the first they've even heard of it, as our listeners are, are listening sure. to this conversation right now, that, wow, I had no idea there was this recall effort underway. Tell me more. So let's just cover just some of the specifics there. You, you mentioned the national popular vote, this effort to disenfranchise Colorado from that. Uh, can you give us just a little yes. bit more about that? Why, why is yeah, that such a big deal? To, let me try to succinct about it because actually the national popular vote is a very bad name for uh, it's not what it is all right? right what the national popular vote which governor polo signed into law does it's a pact with a whole bunch of other very democrat states to do a backdoor around congress and eliminate the electoral college that's really in a nutshell what it is and the reason it's so egregious is because our founders knew that there were small states and areas, rural areas and areas with lower population that had a right to have a say in how their government is run, just like large population areas. If this were to go through, uh, and I'm being kind of generalistic now because you right. can do more research on it, the Electoral College is what what protects small states like Colorado and Wyoming and other small states from being completely overrun by states like California, New York, and Illinois, all of which, not coincidentally, happen to be Democrat-controlled states with large sanctuary cities that allow non-citizens oftentimes to vote and vote reliably Democrat. Mm -hmm. This is an outrageous, uh, end run around Congress. And what's particularly terrible is that Governor Polis enjoyed the votes of Colorado citizens to make him the governor. And then he turns around and takes away Colorado's votes for president. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself, if he had not done anything else, that's worthy of a recall. But he did yeah. so much more than that. Yeah. And some of the other issues, of course, that we probably spend hours talking about, 
his support even of the red flag bills. And, and this, even, oh, even before it's yeah. become a, a national conversation, even as of late, unfortunately, with the uh, some of these mass shootings that we've uh, you know, heard about, read about, uh, been uh, grieved over, and rightfully so. Uh, it really, it, uh, unfortunately, though, the media has dismissed mass shootings that are going on in Chicago almost on a, on a weekend basis in other areas, as it seems that there is a, quite an agenda here to dismiss those sort of efforts, but those uh, unfortunate uh, travesties going on in our country. But this red flag bill, I know he, he's a, a, a quite a supporter of that, um, and I, and this seems to be spreading now across the country, at least uh, being introduced across the country. Uh, but you've also mentioned to me, even uh, before the program, we talked a little bit about the job-killing oil and gas setbacks, that he's hurting Colorado in those areas yes. specifically economically. Can you speak to some of those issues? Yes. Let me say a word about the red flag bill. Colorado enacted the most extreme so-called red flag bill in the country Mm. currently. I am very supportive of Donald Trump. I think, talk about a Herculean job. I could go on forever about that. I am not happy that he has not stood up for law-abiding citizens' rights to defend themselves. And I hope that these terrible tragedies do not lead to more and more legislation, which only disarms victims and never, ever addresses uh, criminals. Mm. Uh, And the fact is that the red flag bill that was enacted into law by Jared Polis' signature is unconstitutional by about four or five of the Bill of Rights. It isn't just the Second Amendment. It's the lack of due process, illegal search and seizure. This enables people to basically engage in no-knock raids without your knowledge. It is a horrendous bill. Hmm. And uh, I'll just move on because I (laughs) could talk about that for a very long time. Obviously passionate about that. It needs to be opposed. It is is horrible. Um, Jared Polis ran for governor claiming that he was against 112, the oil and gas bill. There were millions of dollars spent America, uh, Coloradans were very, very clear that they did not want oil and gas shut down or overregulated in this state, and they voted as such. Jared Polis, for some odd reason, said he was against it. Gee, because he was running for office. Then he turned around, and because he had a monopoly of power in the, in, uh, in the legislature, he signed into law something every bit as terrible. I am talking to you right now from Weld County, the golden goose of oil and gas and agriculture and water and all of that. And, uh, and nothing is happening in oil and gas. All the contracts have been shut down. I don't have the staff in front of me, but business is pretty much at a stop mm. in oil and gas. And that's just what the Denver Boulder environmentalist dictators want. Um, I am fond of saying that liberals like anything so long as it's mandatory or prohibited. And, you know, if they don't want to do oil and gas in Denver and Boulder, that's fine. But Mm -hmm. in Weld County, that fuels, and that's a pun on purpose, (laughs) that fuels education, K-12 education, Ames Community College gets dollars from oil and gas, and frankly, the entire state. This is taking away the livelihoods 
of people who've been five generations in agriculture and oil and gas business. These wow. know-it-alls, or I like to call them in uh, my book, FIOGs, F-Y-O-G, For Your Own Gooders, hmm. that are out there telling us all what is for our own good. That's not what America is about. America is about living according to your God and your conscience and not uh, infringing upon other people's rights to do the same. And that's the reason, among many others, that people are signing these petitions in droves. Yes. Will yeah. we succeed? We don't know yet. And, but and of it's course, we're just scratching the, the surface. Yeah. Because we can't let this just, just uh, continue without any opposition. Right. We can't say, okay, well, now you're governor and there are all these, uh, um, and you have a monopoly of power in the state house and the state senate. So we're just mm-hmm. going to sit here and take it for right. three years and have you take away our rights. It's right. one thing to disagree on policy. It's another when the governor signs bills into law that are patently unconstitutional. One other thing, in the, in the case of the red flag bill, well over half of the sheriffs all over the state of Colorado in 64 counties said they will not enforce that law because they took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution. Hmm. That's what he's throwing us into, wow. is a uh, uh, you know, constitutional crisis, because they seem to think they know best, and they, know, they think they know better than the Constitution what hmm. we ought to be able to do and not do. Wow. And, and of course, again, in the short period of time that we have, there's a, the list goes on and on. Uh, we've addressed it even here on this program about some of the other things that he quickly signed into law, radically changing sex ed in public schools all across the state and introducing uh, things that really no child should be exposed to. Uh, that that now is going to become the standard. Then then he goes on and and makes it quite clear that there's an endeavor to remove TABOR, the tax builder pay, taxpayer bill of rights that has been part of our constitutional rights here in Colorado since 1992. And I, I don't know if you want to speak to either of those in, in just a short time we have because those are big issues right there. I uh, do, and I want to add something. I, I won't have time to say everything. And TABOR is spectacular and protects taxpayers. Um, one word about the, the, the sex education bill, which brought out probably more people to the Capitol to oppose it. One of the key things, there's two key things about this. One is it totally, again, sidesteps people's rights. There is no way it, it sidesteps parental consent by putting uh, sex education into another category so that teachers and others do not have to ask permission of parents. Now, I happen to be a social worker. I, I, I have an MSW from Columbia University, and I speak and write often about this LGBTQ agenda for children. I don't happen to be a Christian. I'm a proud Jewish girl, all right? Uh, I, I say that I'm, uh, I put the Judeo and Judeo-Christian. But, you know, if a, if a person wants to grow up to be a drag queen or if they believe they're gay and they are of the age of consent, so be it. Christians have a right to disagree and disapprove. That's not against the law. But when you start indoctrinating children into being a drag queen, and I wrote a piece about this, that's what has people up in arms. It's changing policy to indoctrinate children 
into sexuality that they don't even know about the birds and the bees yet. And one other thing, and I know I have to talk quickly, all these laws that we're talking about, the national popular vote, the red flag bill, sex education, uh, oil and gas, on and on, sanctuary cities are hugely funded national issues being pushed by billionaires like George Soros and Michael Bloomberg and others who are trying to push this in friendly states around the country. I've written articles uh, at westernjournal.com, a Western Journal about this very thing. And Colorado, unfortunately, is the the petri dish, is the, Mm. the test state for a lot of these things that states around the country are having to fight now. So that's yet another reason why Coloradans have to put their foot down and make their voices heard. May I just tell you before we end, and I don't know what your clock is, but if they would like to sign a petition or if they would like to carry a petition, we only have about two to three weeks left. We need all the help we can get. All you have to do is go to dismisspolis.com, dismisspolis.com, and go to signing locations. And if you find a signing location, you go there and they should have a petition. If you would care to carry one, you'll sign one piece of paper that says you took this numbered petition and there's room for 80 signatures on there. And Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised. We've got people turning in 10 of these at a time. If you could, you know, just fill one petition with 80 signatures, that will help uh, immeasurably. Well, thank you. Yeah, we do actually have a few more minutes because I'm going to ask you a couple more questions here. And I think that sure. these are probably going to be uh, questions you probably hear uh, in, across the board from a number of folks uh, across this great state. But with Colorado specifically being one of the fastest growing states in the United States, in fact, it's in the top five of every bracket of growth, it seems, we're seeing an explosion in our population. And I read that we're well over 6 million now, or at least close to that point. And half of those folks being in Denver, uh, of this rapid growth, of course, now has brought this rapid transformation in our state from being a predominantly red state to what appears to be this blue state. And, and many have even and said this is unprecedented in the past 80 years and how rapidly this this has occurred. But we know that this all began back in 2004 when a handful of wealthy liberals and Democrats uh, got together with the purpose of reimagining the Democratic Party here in Colorado. In fact, they called themselves the Gang of Four and they worked to campaign, to change campaign finance laws. They poured millions of dollars into the statewide legislative races and then they documented it all in a 2010 book that they called The blueprint. And among them was Jared Polis, who won the election to Congress in 2008. And together they built this new Democratic Party, which they called a very sophisticated party because it had lots of money, lots of interlocking committees and all these strategies. And then Dick Wadhams, who was a Republican strategist and the former Colorado GOP party chairman, said that most Republican candidates fail to articulate their visions to the voters in the same way that some of their predecessors had, like Governor Bill Owens, Senator Wayne Allard, even Cory Gardner is in the U.S. Senate as well, all Republicans. And so as he finalized some of his comments, Wadhams went on record to say, we know how to win races in Colorado as Republicans. It's just that too many of our candidates don't remember it. 
So with that being said, what's the end game look like here? Do you think that Colorado still has some red blood left in the tank, or is it truly the blue state that we're being told that it is? Is it possible that we just don't have somebody who's articulating the vision? I mean, if you get all these signatures in, which I believe you will, what's 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 the end game? What happens next? Okay. Um, well, you gave me so much to work with here, and again, I'll try to be brief. Um, I've always had a lot of respect for Dick Wadhams, but we disagree quite a bit, yeah. you and I. And that's allowed, because we're not right. Democrats, yeah. and we don't all march in lockstep. Um, I believe, first off, the people that wrote the, the blueprint, I don't have their names in front of me, but it was amazing how open the gang of four and the Democrats were. I mean, this book is now, what, 15 years old now? And they've moved on quite a bit from there. Uh, but it was actually conservatives and one journalist uh, who wrote the book, The Blueprint. If you haven't read it, read it. Also, there's a movie out you can watch online called uh, Rocky Mountain Heist, very mm. much about similar things. And yes, there were four billionaires. A lot of their issues had to do with gay issues from like 1991, but they didn't run their campaign that way. They didn't make it all about being gay. What they made it about was about getting Democrats in office because they knew that if they could get Democrats in office, the Democrats would vote their way. Um, here's what happened is that these billionaires went about very slowly, methodically changing uh, how elections get done in Colorado. They changed campaign finance laws. They went to all mail-in ballots. They went to same-day voter registration, all the things that would help them. And Republicans were caught behind the eight ball. The book was out, and they still weren't paying attention. I believe that what Coloradans have to do to win elections again, and I think they absolutely can, because the Democrats have lost their minds on some of this stuff, is not to look backwards, but to look way forward and to start building a ground game and to start talking in a much different way and stop being so apologetic about what we believe. What we believe about the Constitution and about free will and about uh, uh, individualism and personal responsibility and limited government, those are the ideas that work. And we now have national movements that are designed to bully us into shutting up. Mm. Um, we talked recently about how... Um, uh, Trump supporters are being doxxed, are being, uh, their information is being uh, put out publicly. And then uh, the Democrats are encouraging and inciting violent behavior against people who merely disagree with them on who should be president. This is un-American. This is not what America is supposed to be about. And if we allow ourselves to be bullied that way and act defensive as if we ought to be quiet and apologetic about what we believe and who we are. It's kind of like use it or lose it. Either you use your First Amendment rights or you lose them. So we have to be bolder than ever because they've gone about indoctrinating a whole bunch of people in K-12 education and the university that socialism is somehow a, a perfectly good alternative. Socialism is evil. And I just wrote a piece uh, uh, about that very thing, about how destructive it is to mental health, thinking that you're always a victim. 
thinking that you are a fragile emotional person and need government to protect you. These are the things we believe, and, and mm. you can see how, how much I love talking about these things. But that's the reason that there is a recall polis movement, because it isn't just about Colorado, although we're getting it with both barrels. It's yeah. about standing up for this great country one state at a time and putting our foot down when people are putting their foot on our necks. Mm. You know, you can disagree about my right to own a gun. You can't come to my home and have some stranger or some ex ex boyfriend tell you that uh, I might be dangerous and I might be a danger to myself or others. That's a way to go about desensitizing people to the confiscation of guns writ large. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you, you've been collecting signatures in our final minute together. You've got all of these folks out there working tirelessly uh, to, to, to undergo this initiative. And uh, you've got some ways that they can get involved right now, because there are probably some folks that are, like you said, on yes. the end of their couch right now saying, what can I do? And maybe they missed some of your call to action. Can you end our time together with just giving some clear points? What can they do right now? The best thing in the world they can do is go to dismisspolis.com, D-I-S-M-I-S-S-Polis, P-O-L-I-S.com, and look up the signing locations. And if you want to sign to, to force a recall election, that doesn't mean he's going to leave automatically. It means that there will be a recall election. We have to do this in steps. Mm-hmm. But nobody has ever recalled a governor in Colorado that I know of. And it is difficult, but not impossible. If you can carry a petition and get 80 signatures, go to that same signing location, get yourself a petition, and go anywhere and everywhere to get signatures. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you do it. It is a purely grassroots effort. And the way we can make this happen in the last three weeks of this campaign is to go to dismisspolis.com. Well, thank you, Karen. Thank you for just uh, your passion for this nation. Thank you for your clarity on this subject and and why this initiative is underway. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on Engage in Truth. And for those of you listening, again, as as you're just passionate about these these issues as well, again, Karen gave you the directive there. Go to dismisspolis.com to learn more. Get involved. Let your voice be heard. Be part of the solution. I want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. If you're looking for more, you want you want to just, you know, folks that you could talk to about these issues, you want to voice your concerns and and be part of this conversation, please go to calvaryfountain.com. You can re-listen to this broadcast there, share it with your friends, get the word out, and come and be a part of our fellowship there, Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley. Learn more at calvaryfountain.com. God bless you. See you next week.